Thank you for dialing and for nerd. I am your host, Jay, and welcome to my podcast, the first episode in my podcast. This is also my very first podcast ever. So if there's any technical glitches, issues, anything like that, call in, leave feedback, let me know. Uh, I've listened to podcasts for many years. Um, I know what it's like. Uh, and I want this to be a really good quality podcast for you guys out there. So that leads us to what exactly is this podcast about? Well, dial in for nerd. We will discuss all things nerdy. And by we, I mean me. And You guys will listen and chime in. Basically, I want to discuss a variety of nerdy topics. Movies, TV shows, books, comic books, video games, old school wrestling. You name it, if it's nerdy, I will talk about it. Um, I don't want to say that I will take requests, but, you know, if somebody calls in and gives me an interesting topic to talk about, I will absolutely talk about it. A uh, couple of disclaimers. So, first off, like I said, first time doing this podcast, so it will not be perfect. It won't sound perfect. I might ramble on a bit. I do promise that as I go on, I will get better. So, again feedback guys feedback um second thing that you guys need to know is that yeah i am not perfect you know i'm gonna mispronounce things i'm gonna get some facts wrong uh yeah i do i will do some research for my shows as best as i can i'll be going off my memory i'll be going off some research but nobody is perfect um like I said, like you guys, I've listened to podcasts for years. A lot of times I will find myself kind of yelling back at the podcast going, what are you saying? What are you doing? It's wrong. You know, but nobody's perfect. So please don't hold that against me. Now, before we go any further, what I would like to do is uh, let you know about another podcast here on Anchor. It is called Nerd and Me. And it's by my friends Alan and John. Uh, they're big nerds like I am. Uh, I've known the two of them for close to 20 years, known them from college. And on their podcast, Nerd and Me, they're going to discuss a variety of nerdy topics. Um, after listening to that one, it kind of inspired me to pick up Anchor and get started and do my own. So here we go. Episode one. What are we discussing? Well, last night, November 21st, Hulu premiered the Marvel series, The Runaways. I'm sorry, Runaways. <laughs> um, when I first heard, I think it was a year or two ago, when I heard that uh, Marvel TV was doing this, I was really excited. I was a big fan of the comics. Uh, I didn't read it in its first run because, you know, the first run, those of you that know, lasted 18 issues and then Marvel kind of closed shop on it. But when they put it together in book form and eventually into a graphic novel, it sold really, really well. It became popular. They kind of rebooted the series. Um, that second reboot, the series went pretty well. They kind of stopped it again. They're now rebooting it a third time. And from what I hear, not so good. But that's a separate podcast. So... I'm really going to discuss the TV show. Uh, I will make references back to the comics, but I really want to kind of keep it on the show itself. Um, and yeah, this is not going to be a Runaways podcast. I'm not going to each episode, you know, kind of review it and talk about it and discuss it. No. Um, like I said, you know, 
I want to talk about a variety of nerdy things. Uh, I really want to talk about The Runaways because, uh, like I said, I totally geeked out when I heard that the series was going to be coming. Uh, it's actually the reason that uh, I signed up for Hulu. Um, yeah, just just pretty much to see The Runaways. <laughs> That's really about it. So let's get started. So the first three episodes are out. And uh, yeah, right off the bat, absolutely amazing. Um, they're pacing it very well. They're telling the story very well. They're staying very close to the source material, but they did tweak it. And I really, really like the tweaks. You know, as, as a comic book fan, a lot of times when they start tweaking stuff and changing stuff, especially if they're trying to tweak or change to kind of like fit the new generation of uh, watchers, you know, it really doesn't go too well. Like I said, you know, I really like the tweaks that they did. Um, they changed a couple of the characters around a little bit. Um, and I think they really, really made it work. So what is the basic premise of Runaways? The basic premise of Runaways, both the comic and the TV show, is what happens when you discover your parents are evil? Now, teenagers in general feel that their parents are mean, their parents are evil, their parents are out of touch, they just don't get it. Well, in this series, you know, these teens discovered that, uh, no, our parents are really evil. They're up to some shady stuff. Um, in the comic, you know, they sacrifice a young girl. Um, the main character, Alex, his father, uh, Jeffrey Wilder, pretty much uh, stabs this girl. I mean, they, they see it. Here in the TV show, they do see the sacrifice, but, you know, it's not as graphic. You know, there, there's not, you know, nobody stabs this girl. Um, she's kind of put into this, looks like a coffin or a vessel. There's a flash of light. What happened? Did they kill her? Did they transport her? what's going on here, but they know that there's something very shady going on. There's, there's something, you know, their, their parents don't run a charity organization like they claim basically. Um, now do you need to read the comics to watch the show? No, absolutely not. You really don't. Um, if you want to go out and read the comic, the first 18 issues, you know, runaways volume one, Please do. It's some great writing. The artwork is great. Great storytelling. Um, the show, like I said, is really staying true to the source material with some tweaks, but um, you don't have to. You will know what's going on because these are totally new characters. You know, this is not like some of the other, other excuse me. <laughs> this is not like some of the other Marvel TV where, you know, Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, The Punisher, you know, these are established characters. And yes, they get into their origin. And, you know, do you necessarily have to read the comics? No, but in a way, it does kind of help to explain some things. This is this is totally fresh. You know, this this could have been done by anybody, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, Marvel. I mean, this, this could have been written by anybody, produced by anybody, but, you know, it's a Marvel comic. Marvel is putting it out there. And I think it's really, really great. And it seems like, you know, that's what they're doing now with some of their series, um, some of their new and upcoming series. You know, Runaways is the first. Um, I believe on Freeform, which used to be ABC Family, they're going to do Cloak and Dagger. 
Uh, I was a big Cloak and Dagger fan. Um, you know, I love the comic. There are tie-ins between Runaways and Cloak and Dagger. Uh, they have said that they are going to kind of link the two shows, but, big but here, they want to establish these shows on their own. They're not going to try to push them together, and I think that was sort of the mistake that they made when they were trying to put together the Defenders. You know, Daredevil Season 1, awesome. Jessica Jones, I think it was the finest, you know, Jessica Jones was the best series out of all of them. Uh, first, first uh, you know, first series of Luke Cage, I enjoyed it. And then Iron Fist came along, uh, and I really, and then the second season of Daredevil came along, and I really felt like, oh my God, they're trying to crush this together. Like they want to make the Defenders, I get it, but you took some really great storytelling, some great characters, and, and now everything's kind of mashed up. Um, so much so that when I got done with Iron Fist, um, you know, the, the, the Defenders had just come out, and I didn't see it. I said, you know what? Let me let me check something else out. And I actually started getting into some of the DC, the CW shows. Uh, you know, the Arrowverse. Uh, I started watching Supergirl. You know, I kind of binge watched that. I binge watched The Flash. I'm currently binge watching um, Legends of Tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, I enjoy this a lot more. You know, I was really burnt out on Marvel TV, and uh, I think this is a really good, fresh take. You know, they're like, listen, yes. Runaways takes place in in the Marvel Universe, in, in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, you know, you don't get that sense. You know, there's no sort of talks about the incident in New York or, you know, the devil in Hell's Kitchen. You know, there's no references toward that because, first of all, this story takes place out in sunny California. So, yes, you know, this, you know, Runaways takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they're not hinting at it. Again, this could just be a standalone series. This could be a series done by anybody, written by anybody on any channel. Doesn't necessarily... You don't get a feel of this is a Marvel series. You know, it's very, very standalone. Like I said, later on in the comics, uh, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger do link up. But the producers of both shows have said, yeah, they're going to link up. But we have to establish these shows first. Let's make sure Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, let's make sure they're really, really good shows... Then we'll link it up. And I really think that's the way it should be. You know, especially this is like really, really new property. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know the Runaways. Uh, a lot of people don't know Cloak and Dagger. So learn about them first. You know, watch a couple of uh, episodes or actually, yeah, I'm sorry, a couple of seasons. You know, get two seasons of each show under their belt. Develop a loyal following. You want to link them up? Link them up. Even if you don't want to link them up, that's absolutely fine. You know, Maybe we don't need all this crossover. Hmm. Just my two cents. Um, so, as a comic book fan, whenever something gets translated from the comics onto the big or little screen, you know, my whole thing is, is how true do they stay to the source material in both the content and sort of the look and feel of it? Uh, in terms of the look and feel, oh my God, uh, a lot of these young actors that they found to play the Runaways, it's like they literally pulled them off the page um so who are the runaways you know you have uh alex wilder who in the comics he's the unofficial leader he's the first kid that we see he kind of is the one that brings them all together you know his parents um 
in, you know, his dad's a real estate developer, but he comes from the hood. You know, Alex makes some references to that, you know, because they're kind of like, you know, Alex, what happened to all your friends? You know, you should really go talk to him. And he's like, yeah, dad, like you talk to your friends from the hood. So dad's from the hood. Mom's a lawyer. And that's the Wilder family. You know, next we have Chase Stein. Uh, Chase is a lacrosse player. Um, he's also very brilliant. That's a little bit of a difference between the TV show and the comic. You know, in the comic, he was a jock. You know, here, he's a jock, but he's brilliant. And he's almost sort of like trying to hide the fact that he's brilliant. You know, he kind of becomes a party guy. Um, you know, he does play lacrosse. You know, we see him working out first thing that we see is, you know, him working out in his room. Um, but you could tell that, you know, yeah, he, he, he doesn't fit into that lifestyle. You know, he's, uh, you know, just like you and I, you know, he's, he's a nerdy guy. And, um, he's actually at the start of the series, he's actually trying to break away kind of from his party animal jock friends. Uh, his parents, the Steins, uh, we have Victor Stein and we have Janet Stein, uh, Victor Stein is uh, an engineer, and apparently he's the greatest engineer in the world. Um, he, uh, we see that he developed a zero-emission car, uh, among other things, and uh, he also develops a key piece of technology that this group of parents who call themselves the Pride, that they use. Um, now, in the comics... The husband and wife, they were both inventors. Um, the husband was abusive. Uh, the mother kind of tolerated it. She tried to keep the peace, but they were both inventors. They worked side by side. Here in the TV show, the father is, you know, they say that he had an abusive past. He clearly has a temper, but he is the main inventor. He doesn't want anybody's help at all. He's the smartest man ever, in his opinion. Um, there's a scene where he's working on that key piece of technology that the Pride will use later on, and he's having trouble with it. And Janet kind of says, you know, you could reach out, you could ask somebody for help. I think she's hinting at that, hey, don't forget, I'm pretty smart too. I can help you out. But Victor Stein being Victor Stein pretty much shuts her down uh, through intimidation. You know, he pretty much kind of looms over her, really gets in her face, and he's like, you know, I don't need anybody's help pretty much shut your trap. Next up, we have the Minoru family. Now, this was a big difference between the comics and the TV show. Um, in the comics, you had six families. Each family had one child. What we're going to find out is it's a little bit different here in the TV show. So what we find out on the TV show is, you know, their daughter, Nico, she had a sister, Amy. I believe, you know, they, they make it out that Amy was older, one, two years older. Uh, I don't think they were twins, but, you know, two years before the series starts, Amy died. We don't know how. I'm sure it will be explained later on. It causes a lot of strife. It causes a lot of strife in the Minoru family. Um also amongst Alex and his friends, they kind of see that as the point that when Amy passed away, the group kind of broke apart. Um, that's a big change right there. The second change is in the comics, the Minerus, uh, Tina and Robert, they are both sorcerers. Here, Tina is the sorcerer. Robert 
if he's a sorcerer, he hasn't shown it yet. He doesn't appear to be a sorcerer. He knows his wife is a sorcerer. You know, she's seen uh, casting spells during the pride meeting or actually when they do their sacrifice. So he knows about it. I mean, she carries around her staff. She actually displays it uh, in her study. And um, yeah, so that's the difference. And, you know, their daughter, Nico, is uh, ever pretty much you get the impression that ever since her sister died, she became goth, you know, her sort of opening scene is her getting ready for school, putting on all the makeup, putting on the tights, the pendants, that whole thing. You know, we get it. You're goth. Um, the series also opens. It's at exactly two years to the day since Amy died. So we kind of see how they're all dealing with it. You know, Alex is very depressed. We see he's playing a video game. Um, that he used to play with Amy, you know, because you see, you know, um, it said last played with Super Amy something, Super Amy 17, whatever it was, two years ago. Um, we see later in the episode, Nico actually goes out to a secluded area. She actually goes out to a beach. She draws a big pentagram. She tries casting spells. You know, she wants to bring her sister back. Now, granted, she does this without even knowing that her mom is a sorcerer. You know, she kind of... Uh, adopts, you know, sort of like this gothic Wiccan lifestyle, um, sort of like, I guess, in a way to kind of close herself off from everybody else, um, and also to try to bring her sister back from the dead, you know, maybe we'll see. Stay tuned with that. Okay. The next, um, the next family is the York family and the York family in the comics and on the TV show, uh, my big favorites, um, in the comics, they were time-traveling thieves, but they sort of were like these lovable rogues. You know, the dad had this big handlebar mustache. You know, they were a very sweet couple. They were like one of the few couples, uh, both in the comics and on the TV show, that you're like, oh, they love each other. They really love each other, and they're great. Um, on the TV show, they are bioengineers. Uh, they are big hippies. Wow, are they big hippies. Uh, their daughter is Gertrude, or she goes by Gert, who was and is my favorite character in this series. Um, she is your classic, sarcastic, intelligent young woman who stands up for herself. Um, you know, social justice warrior. That's probably the best way to put Gert. She is a social justice warrior. She's got the purple hair. You know, she's rocking the nerd specs. Um, my fear when they announced that this series, uh, was going to be done is that, oh my God, they're going to cast some, you know, rail thin, you know, they're going to go for looks, you know, look at some rail thin girl and, you know, dye her hair purple and call her Gert. No, Gert in the comics and Gert on the TV show, she's a real girl. She looks like any other girl you would see walking through a high school. Uh, she would be that very sarcastic girl who makes comments in the back that you either laugh at or you sort of like, okay, whatever, weirdo. Um, second difference that we see is, you know, they have a adopted daughter, Molly. Now, in the comics, Molly's parents are still alive. Uh, Molly Hernandez is her name. Uh, here in the TV show, we find out that years ago, her parents died in a fire, and they're sort of hinted at that Nico's mom, Tina, might have had something to do with it. Um, 
stay tuned for that, I guess. Uh, that really, when, when I first heard that, I was like, okay, all right, they wrote her parents out. But, um, you know, but, you know, so we find out that um, Molly's parents have died. Maybe Nico's mom had something to do with it. Very intriguing. So Molly now lives with the York family. Um, again, Gert was always my favorite character. She is one of my favorite characters uh, after watching these first three episodes. Uh, her parents are just, they, they crack me up. They're like these brilliant scientists, uh, big time hippies. Uh, there's actually a funny scene where apparently uh, Nico's mom is sort of like a Steve Jobs type. Like she runs this big tech company. Um, everybody uses her cell phone or the um, operating system on her cell phone. So they're having their initial charity meeting, throwing up air quotes there. They're having the initial charity meeting in this episode. And... Um, Gert's mom kind of goes over to her and she's like, you know, oh yeah, you know, for some reason, you know, got this big problem with my email or whatever. And Nico's mom, you know, Tina Minaru is like, uh, you have me confused. I own the company. I'm not tech support. And Robert, the husband steps in. He's a very nice guy. He's like, yeah, we took care of that in the update. Let me help you out. And then Gert's dad comes over. He's like, yeah, whatever you do, don't lose her playlist. Cause man, she's got some killer fish tracks. And I was like, oh my God, really? The York family listens to fish. Unbelievable. But, you know, you, you, you got to love them. Uh, so, like I said, they also have Molly. Molly, who is the youngest. Um, they kind of play it off that all these kids, except for Molly, are 17. And Molly is probably about 13. And in the comics, it was very, very similar. Um, Chase was always the oldest, uh, you know, he was 17 after that, you know, I think the rest of them were about 16 and Molly was about 12. Um, so yeah, it works. It still works. So who do we have next? Um, we have the Dean family and that would be Carolina and her parents. Now, again, we have a big difference here between the comics and the TV show, uh, in the comics, they're aliens, aliens from outer space. They are the big hippies, though. Uh, in the comics, I believe they kind of do like a, a Whole Foods, like they kind of own like a Whole Foods chain, uh, something like that. You know, here, uh, Carolina's mom, actually, you know, her name is Leslie, Leslie Dean. She runs this church, the Church of the Gibberum, which if you read the comics, you know, when I saw that, you know, because in the opening scene, um, they show this girl getting off a bus. She's a runaway. She's being a, looks like she's being attacked by some guys. Uh, we see this van pull up. Uh, these people come out. They have tasers. They tase the guys. They help the girl. And we see on the side of the van, Church of the Gibberum. I read the comics. I'm like, the Gibberum. Okay. They are like the big bad. <laughs> you know, they're like the big bad in the series here. Wow. Okay. There's a bit of a twist because in the comics, that was a secret. Nobody knew about the Gibberum. Nobody even really knew about the Pride. The Pride are, you know, the, this is the group of the parents. Um, in secret, they called themselves the Pride. You know, criminals knew who the Pride was because the Pride pretty much ran the L.A. area, the West Coast area. They were sort of the mafia of the West Coast. Here, that's the name of their charity organization. You know, you see buildings being built. You see fundraisers. Pride. 
stuck right on it. You know, the church at Gibberum stuck right on it. You know, and here's Carolina's mom who runs the church. Now, her father, I believe his name is Frank, Frank Dean. He's sort of like the face of the church. Uh, he was a, uh, as Mike Myers would say, he's a handsome actor. You know, he was a handsome actor who pretty much after he married Leslie, um, really kind of helped her take this church to the next level. He was a big celebrity. He really promoted it because we find out that Leslie's father started the church, passed it on to her. So that's a big change. The second change is, okay, in the comics, the pride were six families or six sets of parents. Okay, here, right away, we find out the Hernandez family, the husband and wife, they've passed away. They're gone. They're not in the pride. Leslie Dean is in the pride. Her husband, Frank, is not. So big difference here between the comic and the TV show, but it adds some extra intrigue, which plays off really, really well. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like they're really setting up a lot of intrigue, which I think is going to really be good for the show. And I mean that in the sense that if the writers kind of follow the comic word for word, let's say, you're going to get a good season out of this show. And then after that, the next couple of seasons, you're going to struggle. Um, I think they're really setting this up to kind of go two seasons, maybe three. Then from there, they could develop some more content. Um, so, I mean, all in all, I really love this. I really love the first three episodes. Uh, I think this show is going to be very, very good. I really hope it catches on. Um, if you're listening, you want to watch this show, I absolutely recommend it. Please, please, please check it out. Uh, if you were a fan of the comics like I was, you know, they stay pretty faithful to the material and the tweaks that they do do to it. I think are excellent. Like I said, um, they flesh out the parents a lot more. There's a lot more intrigue within the pride itself. Um, you know, there's extramarital affairs. There's, you know, in the, in the case of Frank Dean, you know, he wants to get more involved in the church. He wants to become part of the pride, even though he has no idea what it is. Um, so, you know, there's that greed and corruption and, uh, you know, just really great storytelling so far. So I hope that this podcast has inspired you to watch The Runaways, or I'm sorry, watch Runaways. Um, please do so. Highly, 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 highly recommend it. Uh, so I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, like I said up front disclaimers, you know, first time doing this, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of technical glitches. Uh, please bear with me as I work that out. And uh, again, as I, like I said in the beginning, um, please check out my friends Alan and John at their podcast, uh, Nerd and Me. You can find it here on Anchor. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, their nerd knowledge is second to none. Um, maybe one day I can get them on the show. Uh, maybe one day I could appear on their show. Uh, we will see. Stay tuned for that. So I will be wrapping it up. Thank you for dialing in for Nerd. This is Jay signing off. <laughs>